Hey everyone, welcome back to season two of Spark Sessions podcast. Chris and I are really excited to be here again with you today. And I have the pleasure of introducing a guest that I have known for a really long time. We have worked together in um, mental health. And then I have followed her over the years um, while I was gone in Florida and back here um, via social media, because that is a way to keep us connected. And just really excited to bring to you all today, Keisha Sandage. Keisha is a licensed clinical social worker. She is a wife, a mother of two. She is currently um, running for state Senate. North Carolina Senate and District 34. And we have brought Keisha on today because social work is politics. And we often don't run into social workers who are working in politics. Keisha has also served on the Cabarrus County Board of Education. And we are just really excited to have you here with us today. Welcome, Keisha. Thanks for having me. I totally appreciate being able to be involved in this podcast and uh, truly enjoy seeing social workers on the move um, and also in politics and doing what we do best, advocating for people in our communities. Keisha, it's so nice to meet you. Thanks so much for making time. I know that uh, as a mom and social worker and um, someone who has their hand in politics running for office, you've got a lot of stuff going on. So thank you for carving out some time with us today. Totally appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, I'm really interested in hearing a lot more about the work that you're doing. And so as um, you know, and our listeners know, we are focusing on social workers as bridge builders this season. And in social work, we often talk about the micro macro divide. And so we talk about how we struggle with sometimes bridging the work that we do with individuals and the community, even though we are very social justice oriented and we're, we're trained that way and we think about advocacy, um, but that macro also includes social and political action. And so you are a licensed clinical social worker with over 15 years of experience and you were elected to the Board of Education in Cabarrus County and now running for Senate. I want to know how you made that um, transition um, in your life and what really influenced you to do that. Just share. Sure. So, you know, as social workers, we don't envision ourselves in this political realm, if you will. We are the ones boots on the ground, working with families, working with individuals. And we don't often find ourselves, you know, in political arenas. We don't see ourselves that way. You know, most of the times we don't learn how to be in that space. So um, I didn't see myself there. I, I can tell you that initially as a social worker, even in macro social work, I knew I wanted to focus on organizations and communities, but I still didn't see myself in a, in a political role, even as a macro social worker, right? So, um, you know, I got tired of at being the one advocating for, for folks, but continually hitting these roadblocks. Um, like, you know, the, the decision is made here and not necessarily where I was advocating, right? So I'm not able to get what this member or what this consumer needs because there's a law or a policy that affects their, the ability for them to have whatever resource that was, right? Um, and then it got to a point where I was in that 
space and advocating for my own kids and for kids um, in, in that school setting. And again, just hitting those roadblocks. So I can't tell you that I did this on my own because I didn't, you know, folks kept on saying, Keisha, um, we keep seeing you advocating, right? You really and truly need to be on the board of education. Still didn't see myself there because I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know, you know, what bridges I had to cross. I didn't know who I needed to talk to. Again, I just did not know. And because I did not know, that was very scary territory for me. Um, it's just the not knowing. Um, so for several years went past, I continued to hear the same thing over and over again. So I said, you know what, let me figure out what I need to do. Let me, let me see if it's even something I want to try. And um, lo and behold, I ended up doing it. Um, didn't believe that I would get elected. You know, I kept hearing the thing over and over again, Keisha, you, you, nobody knows who you are. And, you know, you, you really and truly don't know what you're doing. So because nobody knows who you are, you don't know what you're doing, you can't do it. Um, so I took that as the fire under me to um, find out what I needed to know, talk to people who knew what they were doing and could help me, found a campaign manager, which I thought would be difficult in itself, um, you know, that was also political justice, I mean, political science grad, um, knew what they were doing, had worked on campaigns before. And I mean, I just hit the ground running to the point where you saw me everywhere. You heard my name everywhere. Um, and I identified that, you know what, I can do this. This is what I'm already doing um, as a social worker advocating in communities for folks. Um, so that's where it started. And I hope I answered your question. You know, um, as social workers, we've got to see ourselves in the role of being able to help people no matter where that is. And to be honest with you, that starts with the laws. That starts with the policies, because ultimately, um, if we aren't a part of where the laws are being written, where they're being discussed and made, then we aren't helping the people we sign up to help, period. You're exactly right. And you, you did, you did answer the question. And there are so many things that you said that I feel like I know for myself as a social worker, you know, considering sort of, is that an arena that, you know, I would like to serve in and how can I really, you know, model certain things, even to the profession or to the students that are in front of me. And we do, we talk until our face turns blue. Like we, we just don't know what else to do. And we know, like you said, that these changes really need to happen at certain levels that we're often not in those spaces on a day to day and we're inundated with our daily work. And so what is it going to really take to, like you said, light that fire under some of us to, you know, let go of that fear of unknowing and just really get in those places. And that's why I really wanted to hear a little bit about your lived experiences and, and why you took that step after being in, you know, the field for so long. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, like, and I, I truly hate to have these conversations, but we have to, like, as an African-American woman, um, as an African-American as a whole, like we don't sit down with our parents and have these types of discussions. We don't, our parents don't know about government. And 
I mean, it's just really difficult coming from that setting as a kid. And, you know, that also adds to this scare factor of, you know, my parents didn't talk about, oh, well, this person, you know, as far as it went, is this person is the president, not this is how the laws are made or this is how you get involved in government. We, we didn't we didn't talk about that. We were so busy talking about how do we pay our bills? How do we keep food on the table? And, you know, how do we make sure that our kids get to stay in school and, and things to those nature? And then we don't even see people of color running for political offices like as kids. That was another reason why I was just like, you know, on our board of education, there hadn't been a person of color in over 25 years. So how understand the perspective of a child, a black and brown child, if you don't have anybody to represent that voice on the board of education, again, in over 25 years. Mm. Um, so that was the other, like, that was the light, Keisha. Nobody is speaking for these kids and nobody will do it if you don't do it. You can't sit back and wait for somebody else. So, once I got there, I was like, okay, this is my purpose because I started to understand that there is truly nobody um, to articulate what happens in the cultures of black and brown children in the spaces where the decisions are literally being made. Mm -hmm. It just makes me think of that statement that, you know, if you're not at the table, then you're, then you're then you're for dinner, right? So like if no one is is there to represent or if you're not there, then your things can be taken away without even a consideration. And that's I think that's a really powerful point that you make that without 25 years is a long time. A very long time. And I'm also thinking about my students who I just finished wrapped up teaching a um, our advocacy and policy practice course uh, at UNC Charlotte School of Social Work. And, um, you know, there's a lot of excitement and passion around issues, but a lot of frustration around kind of uh, kind of what Michelle was saying earlier. We, we talk about the issues, we have passion about the issues, we advocate, and then we just kind of hit walls like you were talking about, right? So we don't see a lot of social workers stepping into politics the way that you have. Why do you think that is? I think it's so many reasons. One of them I talked about before, just not, you know, that's not what we go and we study. We go and we study to, you know, be uh, change agents. But, you know, what does that look like? That could be talking somebody through their issues. That could be at an organization level, you know, being maybe the person who's over quality assurance or something like that. But it doesn't go over into that um, political realm. If, if, if you think back to when you were in school, we talk about the issues, but we don't talk about like these are the people who are making those decisions. And let's be real. Generally, the people are, that are making those decisions are white men. So, again, we don't see ourselves in those roles. And because we don't see ourselves in those roles, we don't aspire to go after them. Right. But then when you really sit down and you dissect what's happening, OK, there's an issue. And then there's someone who's responsible for addressing that issue in some type of policy or some type of law, right? But we stop at issue. Literally, we stop at the issue and that's where we get the roadblocks at. So I think that because we don't see ourselves in those roles, because we are so focused on working with the individuals who are experiencing those issues, then we don't we don't identify as that's our place, right? As a social worker, I know I didn't. 
I, I, I didn't. Did, did you ladies? I mean, as social workers, do you guys see yourselves as politicians? No, no. I, I want, you know, when, when you're what you're saying right now, I've always had a passion for macro social work. And it's, even though I'm licensed um, and use my clinical license, some, my heart is in macro work. And because I always felt like, yes, doing work on the individual level is important and supporting individuals um, through whatever they're going through is crucially important. However, there are still, there are bigger things going on. And in order to help individuals, you have to understand the laws and policies that, that uh, either support or oppress them. Right. And, but in terms of representation and seeing myself in the role of a politician, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Have I ever considered that? You know, the other thing I was thinking too, is that you know, oftentimes politicians are seen as crooks or the bad people. And I never put myself in that type of position. But, you know, I had to realize I don't have to. I can be a social worker and a politician at the same time. You know, um, I don't have to be taking all of this, this bad money and I don't have to be in that space determine, you know, what, what I look like and who I receive endorsements from. Um, I determine, you know, what policies speak to me and what they should read or what they should look like. I determine all of those things. I determine where my votes are, you know, um, but, but, but I have to come to that realization that I determine that and nobody else can determine it for me. So, give you another example like you know there's there all kind of packs that you know they want you to vote the way they want you to vote again i determine if i'm going to accept money from them if i'm going to accept an endorsement from them um and we, we don't we don't think about those things yeah and you know you brought up a good point that i was also thinking about when you asked us like you know, do we ever thought about ourselves as politicians? No. And I also think about how we always have talked about, you know, social work is voting, you know, there's legislative advocacy, right? We talk about, you know, things that have to happen. And it's like, we talk about it in a way that we're still not learning how to do those things. And I find myself in the work that I do really fighting some of these battles with now research and community-based research and talking about deconstructing social work, I think we need to talk about changing the way that we learn also. Um, and, and what we are putting in front of students in you know, the education programs. And I know it is something that NASW supports. Um, you know, I don't know what other things we can do on a larger professional organizational level of social work to really um, push this because who else better than to be in many of these positions than social workers? I mean, think about the skills that we have of working with people and working with communities. I mean, we can do it. And I'm just excited to see now that you've started, you know, maybe we can even talk about just, you know, things that you've learned and we can come back and talk about those things because I do think it is just one of those areas that, you're right. You know, we don't see ourselves there. And the same way we talk about evidence-based approaches in practice, evidence-based with whom? And you just brought up a great point about who's making the laws, 
right? And so if we don't get that representation and if women are not in office and if, if Black people and other people of color are not in office, and yes, we've seen some changes in that over the years, but these local elections um, are really, really important too. Um, and so, yeah, I just think it's really interesting to sit back and think about you know, what each and every one of us can do. And social workers can do a lot more than what people think that they can do and what we think we can do ourselves. So thank oh, yeah. you for sharing that. That's the division than people who it's our job to bring folks together. That's yeah. social workers. You know, we're the people who are bridging the gap between, you know, issues that are happening. So who better to articulate what's needed in laws to make that bridge more successful. I'm sitting here thinking about how I think sometimes we don't understand the importance of local elections. We don't understand, um, you know, we consider, you know, rights and things like that to be set at the federal level. But what, I mean, what we're seeing right now with the falling of Roe v. Wade, that it's going to fall to the states which means that those the individuals that we elect at our state level get to decide about things like reproductive rights, things that, you know, most of us might have considered to have been something we weren't really concerned about being taken away, unless you were actively working in reproductive justice and understood that these, this has been on the cutting room table for a long time. But I'm just sitting here thinking about the, I think so often people skip the local elections because they don't think it really matters but really, that's where your vote really, really matters. Yeah, I was going to say, too, like, you know, when people start to talk about politics, like there's almost this dead silence mm. or get mad because you're on this team. I look at it like games. It makes me so upset. You know, the, the red game versus the blue <laughs> Really, it really shouldn't be looked at that way. Like we're all people at the end of the day. And regardless of my political affiliation, when I get elected, and notice I said when I get elected into right. states, I'm going to be making decisions for this whole collective of people. And I don't look at you as black or white or Indian or Latino. I look at you as a person. And so because there is so that, like this negative connotation about like the vision of church and state and all of that good stuff, people are scared to have conversations with even other folks about politics. But to be honest with you, you can dissolve all of that just by talking about the importance of it, not necessarily telling people to go on this side or that side. But, you know, what do you look for in your state senator or your board of education member? Um, you know, what what are you looking for when you want to make this type of decision about this? If we take Roe versus Wade or if we take, um, you know, Casey versus Planned Parenthood, what are you looking for in that decision? How does that affect you? You don't have to talk about a political affiliation when you talk about the issues. If you are concerned about the issues, then you should absolutely be involved in political decision making. And your involvement is your vote. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. Yeah. I mean, we talk about social justice and human rights all the time. And so at the end of the day, it's the systems that impact that. It's the laws, it's the policies, like you said. And so, you know, I really hope that um, this conversation and in continuing this conversation is, is what people resonate with, is that we need to understand what is impacting all of us. And I believe as social workers, we 
can all do um, more work in really understanding how to navigate that space. So why the North Carolina Senate? Yeah, so let me say one more other thing too. Okay. What I have done thus far has been because I want little girls who look like me, little boys who are the same color as me to know that they could do anything they put their minds to. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what your political affiliation is. None of that stuff matters. What matters is that you want to do good in your community. And that's all that should matter. Um, why State Senate? Because I've been on the Board of Education. Um, it's roughly 20 months at this point, And I've identified that there is very little change that I can make on the Board of Education um, for what's happening to our educators and what's happening in our schools. Those laws that govern what happens there are, are, are made at the state level what our teachers are being paid, how many social workers we have in the building, um, how many colleges are, 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 are available to our school district, um, you know, even down to how many school resource officers are provided. Um, you know, so many things that determine what's happened what's happening to our children and for our children are determined at the state level. So that's why state senate. That's just really exciting. I think, you know, for you to have all of the years of experience in, you know, mental health, working with children and adults, you know, are you doing private practice now? I am not. Um, so I decided very a long time ago that macro social work was my passion. Um, I truly wanted to work with the systems that are created to um, help individuals and families. Those systems need to be, to, in my opinion, in pristine condition. Their services need to be top of the notch because they're ultimately what's addressing um, some of the issues that are happening in our community. So that's where I felt like my purpose was. Yeah. And I knew that in, in school. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the experience that you're going to bring and what you already bring, because we have been on the front lines, right? Mm -hmm. We have that. We see that. Um, I can only imagine just how rich some of the conversations will be because you will have very specific experiences and knowledge. Um, and I'm really excited that um, the professional organization of social work is going to be represented in you um, because it's being represented in you now. Um, and so what a message, I guess, do you have, you know, for social workers as like a call to action for this, you know, making this jump or bridging through uh, political action or anything else that you think um, would be good for us to talk about in this space? Yeah, just don't be afraid to truly use your gift. It Being a social worker is a gift that we are supposed to give, you know, like abundantly. That's not something that we signed up to hide. And giving your gift means truly addressing the root of the issues that are our constituents serve or, 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 or they experience, um, our individuals that we work with experience to their families. And the only way we do that is removing the barriers. We can advocate all day, but if that's just 
talking and using our voice and nothing happening from us advocating, then we truly are doing a disservice um, to our social work creed, our, um, you know, what we signed up to do. So um, again, I'll just go back to don't be afraid to use your voice and, um, you know, the, the efforts of using your voice can go far beyond just opening your mouth, you know, um, and, and, and use me as a vessel. Um, I don't mind somebody picking up the phone and asking me questions. Like if, even if it's as simple as Keisha, how do I file for office? You know, um, how do I find out who my, my, my state representatives are, or how do I reach out to, um, you know, my board of education, whatever that might be. If you have a desire to, you know, be in government and to um, find out how you get involved, um, you know, pick up the phone, call me, reach out to me via my website. I will give my phone number. That is 980-434-1255, 980-434-1255. Or you can um, reach out to me uh, via my website, which is K-E-S-H-I-A, the number four, Senate. 34.com. Either way, um, you know, if you got questions, I'm here. I love that, Keisha. Thank you so much. And thank you for being willing to um, just share your knowledge and, and your gift, right? And I love that you said that social work is a gift because I, I believe that to be true as well. Um, and though I now live in Mecklenburg County, I was raised in Cabarrus County. So you're, uh, you're singing to my heart. I'm really glad that that the residents of Cabarrus County uh, will go ahead and speak this into existence. We'll have you in the state Senate as their representative. Yeah. Let me just say one more thing, y'all. Um, you know, it's really difficult being um, a black woman in Cabarrus County in government. Um, there are maybe three or four of us in there are about 40 seats in the county. Um, I keep saying scared and afraid. Um, but And I think that's, those are words that really and truly explain what's happening and is the reason that, you know, people of color just don't get involved. Mm -hmm. um, it's a scarcity and it's also a ne uh, necessity at the same time, right? Because we show our children and future generations what the possibilities are for our cultures. And in order for us to really and truly have community, um, have this utopia, I know that's not possible, but it's possible if you reach for it or you aim for it, um, we have to band together with other, other races, other you know, cultures of people in order for change to happen. So really and truly um, be okay with doing something you've never done before. Be okay with getting involved in political discussions because ultimately, if you don't, decisions will continue to be made for you and not with you in mind. Very important for us to think about. Um, and we've got to talk about the disparities and we've got to talk about the racism. We've got to talk about, you know, white supremacy and systems. And um, I'm just really grateful that you are, you know, sharing your truth and saying things that maybe people don't want you to say, or maybe people are not ready to hear. Um, but your commitment to 
the community um, is never wavered in my eyes. And so I really love to see you in this space and we will be definitely listening out and sharing your information. And thank you for being so open to even talking to other people, whether they're social workers or not, um, other maybe community members, um, Black women, Black men, other people of color that, you know, could learn from your experience. So thank you for sharing that with us today. Yeah, it was, I really appreciate your candor and your vulnerability and just putting it all out there, um, which is what we, we need to do in order to make true change. Keisha, thank you so much for joining me and Michelle today. And we wish you the best of luck on your campaign um, and can't wait to share what you have to, um, to say and to, to teach with all of our listeners. Sure thing. Thanks, ladies. Are you a social worker that would like to be featured on season two of Spark Sessions podcast or know any social workers who are out there turning advocacy into action? Please let us know or just keep in touch. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Spark Sessions podcast or Twitter at Spark Sessions pod.